to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 350 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your randomness, technology and life fix recording in real life. In the same room. We're in the same room. No gl- 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 glitching. <laughs> the glitching doesn't come across on the recording. Oh, doesn't it? No. Oh, it, that's good. It can do that. It's just uh, the video glitches for some reason. What's been happening? How's your week been? Good. So I've been to um, the gym. I've been to... Um, I thought about the gym. Pump. I've been to the pump um, Monday and Wednesday. So tomorrow morning is pump class again. Do you uh, need to wear we a mask when you're there? I'm not... Sure. You, you wear it going in, but when you're on the floor doing the actual exercise, it's fine, but you've got to keep your distance. So um, so I'm doing oh, the class, okay. so yeah, you've yeah. got to be two metres and all that sort of stuff. So their classes must be quite small, potentially. Well, it's a big room. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're totally. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's it's a smaller group, but six o'clock on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the pump, and it's not a huge class anyway. Yeah. Yeah. How's so, that going, though? Feeling good? Oh, my God. I've, so, I've had to drop my weights down. I've put on weight. It's obvious. I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. That's to be that, yeah. So it's going slow. So I've I've had to take a few steps back because it's what two months maybe since I've been yeah, to the gym. Yeah, of course. Whatever. So anyway, one day I might go back. I keep pay- <laughs> I keep paying the gym. Yeah, yeah. So you because you're always like, oh, if I stop paying, I might want to go. But if I- it's a real weird uh, dynamic. I think the gym. It, it is compared it, to anything sort of else. A, it's sort of like a guilt thing. Yeah. And I mean, I've been a member there for it must be like fifteen oh, years now, right? You're on some weird <laughs> rate that no one ever remembers. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, um, I like. I just cannot. I can't say. I can't cut it. I can't cut it. Although I might have to put it on hold because, um, yeah, business is pretty slow at the moment. So the uh, finance bit bit, bit dry. Um, hopefully the car will be fine. I'm going down to Wellington next weekend. Oh, okay. It's coming weekend next weekend. Very good for Brooke's wedding. Yes. And I'm staying with Audrey. And I text her and I said, "Do you mind if I stay?" She goes, "Does the new car have an alarm?" <laughs> this could no. of course last time I went down there my car got stolen. I know, but this could be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Just leave it unlocked, let him take it. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, cuz I traded up last time I got the insurance money. Well, you know. <laughs> right. Uh I've been busy with uh giant pumpkin stuff. So, uh I've got seed started this week, which is good. I'm having random conversations with people like, I get this guy going, hey, I've put all this compost down, I've got eggshells, and I've just made 200 litres of my own fish fertiliser. And I'm like, cool. And I'm looking back in this Facebook thing, and at some point I've had a really long conversation with this guy. Don't remember it at all. It was from a year ago, and he was telling me about his pumpkins a year ago. Uh, I've been pumping out a lot of content. Yeah. I'm um, trying to schedule so much, and it's working. Like, there's this weird formula I'm following. And yeah, it's driving people to the website. People are checking things. My stats are going up through the roof, which is really cool for different things. And then as well as that, we're tomorrow I'm planting 250 odd seeds uh, for the pumpkin carnival stuff. Right. But there's no Scarecrow Festival. I had a meeting on Monday. I found out that we can sell them in the information center, but they're not allowed to handle cash at level two. So I'm like, well, we only accept cash for our stuff. So I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing there. Can they not um, no. charge FPOS and then just no. transfer it to you? No. To, no. They're all volunteers. They don't know what's happening. And no. Uh, so I've been thinking about it today. There's no Scarecrow Festival. So A, we're not going to sell a bunch. And we don't need to make money. 
but almost everything we do is donated. So all the pots, the potting mix, the seeds are all free. So I was thinking... Just give them away. Give them away. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to just send an email out and go, look, I've planted this many first in, first served. We want people growing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to have to throw seedlings away. So if you are um, in the Hamilton, the Waikato district partic- yeah, particularly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you want to grow a giant pumpkin... You know how Check to do out uh, thegreatpumpkincarnival.co.nz or find us on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, when we do it, uh, yeah, we'll know all about it. Before we get into anything else, shall we just talk about what's just happened? We have just watched yes. Samurai Cop. <laughs> what was your impression of Samurai Cop? <laughs> it was exactly as I expected it to be. It's, it's a great a, bad film. It's a great, terrible film. Uh, there is some weird inconsistencies watching it. Um, and yeah. Sam's like Googling while we're watching it. She goes, he goes, I knew it, I knew it. And the guy has, they filmed the majority of the film and then he went and cut his hair and the next weekend came back and they said, oh, we've got loads of pickups. And he's wearing a wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I suggested, so one guy looks very much like our friend uh, Will Fleming from the yeah. Will Fleming podcast or whatever it's called now. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what he called new podcast um and then uh and then there's um carl. carl had told us about it i will carl you should be listening to this because i'm going to tag you into it i think we should film some scenes with carl playing the samurai cop joe marshall and um will playing, playing the other bad guy the bad guy uh, and uh sam and i can be various bad guys that get shot and die because there's a lot of them. There was a lot of extras in this film. It blew me away, which is how I mean, there's just bad guys after bad guys. So this film, I think, was 96, something like that, eh? 91, 96, something like that? Uh, yeah, 90s. In in the 90s. And they did a, a Samurai Cop 2, the main two characters, in 2015, Sam tells me, which blew me away, so I've got to watch that. There's going to be... We're going to check that out. Adam, you've probably already out. seen these. Let yeah. us know if it's any good. <laughs> Give us your expert opinion. Yeah, so anyway, uh, moving on. So what's been happening? Hey, I want to mention something. This is a news thing. So I've been getting annoyed because all these Americans keep going on, or Kiwis as well, about the bloody French um, recalling their ambassador from uh, the US because of this Aussie sub deal, right? You talked about it a couple I, of weeks ago. Yep, I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. Yeah, so, so after the... Um, the French got upset and they pulled their ambassadors. Oh, they who, said, right, who cares? Leave, leave the country. Did we and care? then everybody goes, well, it's, it's free market economy. If they offer something better, then the French can't be so, so upset. This is a big dialogue going on. And it's like, hang on. The French have nuclear submarines, they've, they've had nuclear yeah. submarines for a while. They wanted to sell them to the Aussies. Oh, okay. The Americans said you can't sell Aussies and nuclear submarines. So the French started refitting them to diesel. Yeah. They finished refitting them to diesel, and the Americans sold the Aussies nuclear submarines. That's right. I can see why the French are pissed. Yeah. I'd be pissed too. A little bit. <laughs> I. Uh, it's what, $60 billion or some stupid number? Yeah, it's uh, some. It's a uh, yeah, massive amount of money to build these the nuclear ones. I ended up reading the Wikipedia about submarines. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting. So you've got diesel electric is the main one, and then you've got nuclear. And the imagine being in a submarine for six months, because that's the longest they can stay underwater, like just cruising around doing whatever they do. Uh, diesel electric are quiet. These guys would be like the kings of lockdown. 
Oh, yeah, it'd be nothing to it. <laughs> it'd be mental. Uh, yeah, no, so diesel electric are quieter than the um, nuclear ones. Oh, really? Yeah, so nuclear ones have got the coolant sound. Oh, so when they right. go silent, they're not silent. Um, but they can, I think they, they're the ones that can stay under for a lot longer. So basically when the batteries are starting to run low, they'll come back up, run the diesel generators, yeah, and then go back down. And one of the Japanese have quite a big submarine fleet, I think it is. And they've changed all theirs to lithium-ion batteries, which means they can pack like way more batteries into the same space. Oh, wow. That's pretty interesting. Anyway, uh, I did a little deep dive on that. <laughs> so to speak. Pun, yeah. pun not intended. <laughs> all right. Um, so, oh, what did you think of the R. Kelly um, thing? Finally, uh, he's finally um, been, um, what's the word? Charged? Charged? No, no, convicted. He's been convicted. Oh, so the verdict will be delivered this Monday. Mm. Uh, but he's guilty on eight counts of sex trafficking and one count of racketeering. And oh. they used racketeering because if they didn't, he would have been beyond the statute of limitations. Oh, right. But by the because they used racketeering, it puts because this has been going play. on for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, all I know, I don't know who Ara Kelly is, except he's the guy that has a Band-Aid on his face when he's singing. That's all I know. Oh, is he that guy? I think he is. I don't know, is I he? hope so. I don't know. Anyway, um, good job. So Put him happened. away for life. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I know. This well, he'll get, he'll, they reckon he'll get decades. So. Oh, okay. This week I had to go to the Tile Depot. Shout out to the Tile Depot in King Street on Frankton. Uh, because I'm building this uh, ant bait thing. Anyway, long story. But You're building a what? Uh, a thing that holds ant bait and I needed a tile. It's hard to explain on a podcast podcast format, but just just so you know, it's the stylish looking thing. If you need something to hold ant bait, hit me up. I'll uh, show you this amazing thing. Anyway, okay. I went in there and I needed 10 little tiles and I found this little strip of mosaic tiles and it only has 10 on it and they're uh, two inches by two inches. And um, I grab it and I sort of walk up to this counter and I, there's this young dude there. They've all got masks on, which is good. And I said, hey, I just need this. That's all I want. And he goes, is that all you want? I was like, yeah, that's it. He goes, you just want that. And this thing's worth like $16.95 for 10 little tiles, right? And he goes, I goes yeah. He goes, so you want 10 tiles. And then he counted them out. He goes, one, two. And he goes, 10. I was like, yeah, that's all I want. He goes, just take it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes... I just love your your expression when he goes, just take it. He does. He just goes, <laughs> just take it. And I'm like, you sure? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, I'm, so I've, I walked out the store with it. I don't know if I technically shoplifted or what the deal was or if this guy was allowed to tell me just to take it. But yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So if you you need to remodel your kitchen, just go in and get 10 tiles at a time. Maybe. See this random guy. Because um, it looked like the bench he was working at was sort of like a, um, oh, they were trying to organ, like they were planning stuff and that. But there was an FPOS machine there. That's why I went there. I yeah. assume he could take payment. But apart from that, it looked like a normal office desk. So I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did you see that BMW had been throwing hand grenades at their cars? Yeah. I thought you meant that. I saw that written down. I thought that was figurative. No. <laughs> They're literally throwing hand grenades at cars. Well, there's a couple of things. So there's a, quite a few car manufacturers, and I know Toyota's really, really big in it, and so is BMW, and it's to do with the hydrogen-powered cars. Mm-hmm. So Toyota, for whatever reason, haven't gone full retard on electric cars. They've gone full retard on hydrogen-powered. Yeah, that, but they started that a long time ago. Like they've been into that yeah, for yeah, yeah. two decades at least. Yeah. So BMW were like, hey, 
we should really test the strength of the cars that have got the hydrogen tanks in them. Oh, I know who we should talk to. Oh, let's talk to BMW's armoured car division. They know about building bomb-proof cars. So they go to their armoured car division, which I think every car manufacturer should have. And, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and then they ended up going to the middle of nowhere and they had some specialists and they were setting off like hand grenades underneath the car and there's a titanium plate. And basically nothing happened and um, the car was empty without hydrogen in it, but they worked out that nothing would have leaked anyway, everything was fine. And the titanium just has little pits in it. So anyway, I just thought, I, I just like that they have an armoured car division. Yeah, no, and somebody's like, "Oh, we should test it with some grenades." That's pretty cool. Um, just speaking of that, I haven't got it written down, but just have you seen the um, F one fifty Lightning? Is that the, the electric one? Yeah, the electric. Um, uh, it's, no, oh, I've seen something. I think. Yeah, no, I've seen a couple of things about it. I just thought it was interesting that they're going full on. So it's the F one fifty, the F one fifty or F one forty is the biggest selling um, pickup truck. Yeah, one fifty. Yeah, yep. biggest selling. Tr- car of any type yep. but it happens to be a pickup truck That's crazy in the states yep. and so the um the electric version um can run the house for a while up to a week yeah <laughs> yes, if, good, if, if yeah. you, you go down um it has uh they call it the frunk the front trunk oh yeah that's right the, <laughs> yeah that's what electric cars have got and this one's huge because in their marketing don't they have like a picnic table in there or something oh uh, they had a whole bunch of stuff because they had um you know, in the ads of, for it, because I went to the website, I was checking out. Mm. Um, you know, the the um, what do you call it? Builders come up to site. They open the front. They've got all their tools yeah, running yeah. off this truck. It's like brilliant, and it come. You know, I think they had a fold out workbench in the bus. You know, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah, everything. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's actually pretty cool. Looks pretty cool, actually. No, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, did you see Tex Edwards is coming to the rescue? Who is Tex Edwards? So Tex, I oh know I knew you were going to say that. I just like the, <laughs> I love the name, eh? Tex Edwards. He's going to come in and fix the supermarket duopoly. Oh no! So hang on. So Tex Edwards is the guy that founded Two Degrees and broke Spark and Vodafone's duopoly, right? So he's done that. He's done pretty well. He's done a submission to the Commerce Commission saying that he's got this thing called. Uh, it's only called Northalia version 1.4, whatever that means. He said that he's ready to go to mobilize $1 billion in capital straight away to make a new supermarket chain. If the watchdog pushed ahead with market reforms and forced Countdown New World and Pack and Save owner Foodstuffs to sell 200 of their stores, he'd be ready to go straight away. He started talking about this in 2016. See, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously, okay, I, Full disclosure, I do some work for foodstuffs, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. But they're independently owned stores. Yeah. So how does that work when you say, oh, well, foodstuffs has to sell some stores? They don't own the stores. The stores are owned by the independents. Does that mean they have to release them from their foodstuffs contract so they can go into another contract? That's a bit weird, eh? But this uh, Northalia describes itself as a submission as a group of experience, done it before, operating entrepreneurs who have worked in the supermarket industry. Um, they're submitting in stealth because they've all got day jobs. Um, so he wants to make sure that the commission knows what his intentions are. And if they're going to actually do something, then he'll mobilize it and do all this. Now, this dude, um, is like, uh, he's on the board of directors for the Hawaii cable, which operates the 445 million subsea internet cable. But back in 1970, 
he worked at the Howitt Countdown store for four years. He still has that on his LinkedIn profile. Hey, even I've got rid of stuff off my LinkedIn profile. Good God. LinkedIn is just turning into Facebook, eh? Uh, yes, because I logged into it the other day and I had 97 notifications for some reason and I scrolled through and it was just all this random posts about random crap. It does depend who you're following and which companies and groups and all yeah. stuff. But yeah, I... Yeah, I... It, oh, I've got some It's chasing. loosened up, but I, I am doing a little bit more back in the... Um, the the LinkedIn space I'm trying to get back. In hey, there. on uh, my first million podcast, they had a little brief conversation, and they were talking about your favorite social media network that sort of disappeared. Clout. Oh, really? They loved it. They were like, "This is the best thing in the world." They said it was the perfect thing. It was just at the wrong time. Somebody needs to bring it back right now, exactly as it was. Hardly change anything. And they said, "We'd invest. Let us know." They were like right into it. And you were laughing at me. I was I was so into that oh, no. at the time. Hey, just sticking with podcasts really quickly. Businesses Boring published their very last podcast episode. Oh, no. I, so Because I'm, I'm a wee bit behind. I'm miles behind. But, yeah. but one of the um, – so there's this company – I've actually got Simon Pound on my LinkedIn. I added nice. him on LinkedIn um, not so long ago. So there's a company called Boring, I think it is. Oh, yeah. And it does oat milk. And its branding is just boring and it's plain and that. But they're the last ones that he interviewed and they shared, hey, we're on the very last episode. And I was like, what? So I read the description and it said, yeah, this is the very last episode. Um, we've done over 200 episodes over five years. We're going to have a break and we're going to regroup and come back as something different um, that you guys will probably like. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. All right. Just thought I'd let you know because I knew. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, did you, uh, on a lighter note, mm. did you see the thing about the gorillas in the Bronx Zoo? No, what are they doing? They're sounding good already because you're laughing like a madman. <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Um, I can't wait. Or, oral sex. Right. So they got those glass, um, like, Viewing you know panels. what the glass. Tiger yeah. thing is in, yeah, in yeah. Hamilton, so it's like that. And there's two gorillas there. This one gorilla pushes the other one over, and it lies on his back. And obviously, it's an American TV uh, thing that's um, blurred it out, oh, but yeah, it was yeah. pretty obvious. And oh, but this the voice of these Americans because they got kids here and all. Don't look. That's Avert your eyes, yeah. children. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's like you'd think uh, somebody was getting eaten. That's which nature. I they would, that's nature. For you. And yes, that is nature because about sixty percent of species have um, had um, sightings of oral sex. Uh, yeah, okay. Apparently, something, something, that something sounds like about that. right. Uh, yeah, forty to sixty, I think it was. Very good. Uh, I read this uh, blog post this week. Oh, working from orbit. So this guy basically goes, look, for forty to fifty hours a week, I do all my work in virtual reality. He's a computer programmer. He goes, over the last five years, I've probably logged more hours than anybody on Earth. I've spent over like 5,000 hours or something in virtual reality. And he was talking about the pros and cons of it and how it works. And he had screenshots of his what his what what he sees in VR. And he said it was, it's, it was really interesting. And he said, look, way back in the day, we all had beige, beige boxes, or the geeks did, and they dialed up to the internet. And people are like, oh, it's just internet, it's a computer. Uh, hardly anyone had it. These days, everybody's got a computer in their pocket with a smartphone. And he said, VR currently is at that point where it's the old school beige box with dial-up. And he says, we're not going to get to the point where everyone's in VR, but I'm going to tell you what it's like. 
So when he's in there, he's got this giant contact screen thing in front of him, like half this table in front of me, and that's where he talks to people or does whatever. His other screens, he's got two or three around him that he can look at. They're seven and a half meters wide, if you were to measure them. Like, they're huge, and he's looking at the computer code on those. And um, he does all the work on that, and he meets with people virtually. He said everybody's used to the virtual avatars. He said one of the best thing is when he meets with other virtual reality people, and they're in a space together with their avatars, and he said it's just like they're there. Like, you can talk to them, and they're there, and you can see them. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, so uh, it, I, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast. I've probably talked to you about this before, but um, Carl's been doing this for a while. Yeah. So he's been having his meeting. So his um, co-founder, Nat, is in Christchurch. He's in Hamilton here. Yeah. And they've both got virtual headsets, mm. um, and they do their meetings in virtual reality. Yeah. And he said it is the way of the future. Yeah. He's, he's told me I should get an Oculus and start practicing that because – um, a lot of the coaching and stuff that I'll be, I'm doing now on Zoom. Yeah, he said eventually you want to do it. In, yeah, totally. There'll be a market wanna, for it. You want to know, you want to get over all those hurdles now, so that when it's I'll common, send, you're you're already up to speed. I'll send you a link to this guy's thing because he yeah, talks yeah, yeah. about all the stuff they use. There's a whole platform that you can do different stuff with, and he went with Oculus because, like we've learned, like years later after the fact, he just has an average laptop running it. And all the processing's been done in the actual unit. Yeah, I know. That, that's amazing. we always thought it had to be tethered to this high-end spec computer because that's what we saw once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the Oculus. I, yeah, no, I definitely want to get one uh, when I start earning money again. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, talking about money. Talking about money. You know how much I love artists and the oh, work yes. that they do. Yes. Is this the one you sent me on Telegram that I haven't looked at? I don't know. Did I? No. No. I, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I sent you now. But anyway... This Danish artist was given $84,000 by a museum to make his art. He delivered some pieces, uh, two blank canvases, and said the title was Take the Money and Run. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, a little bit of a backstory, though. This actual artist called Jens Hanning, or Jan Hanning, whatever, he um, had two pieces of artworks previously, and it was an average Danish annual income and an average Austrian annual income. And basically, I think he just stuck money to the canvas, and that was the totals. So, they said, look, he hasn't broken the contract yet because... By January 2022, he has to give us all the money back that's in the contract. So they said until that date passes and he doesn't give us the money back, um, it's okay. And he has given us some artwork that we can put up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's hilarious. I love that. Changing tack a little bit. What are we going to look at here? I'll look at this one. Singapore. Seeds of change. So what are they up to? We, we complain a bit about our, our um, supply chain, and things are pretty rough uh, with our supply chain at the moment. Yeah, Because yeah. we're in New Zealand. We're the bottom of the country. Island world, nation. And we've got to get things shipped in all the time. But yep. spare a thought for poor Singapore. What are they up to? The island nation of Singapore brings in more than 90% of its food from abroad. 
Oh, yeah. And normally that's not a problem. But the pandemic's disruption of global supply chains forced the wealthy city-state to recognise the food insecurity it could face in future crises. Wow. So now seeds of change are sprouting under an initiative led by the country's National Parks Board and former Social and Family uh, Development Minister Desmond Lee. Yeah. Called Gardening with Edibles. Okay. The program Just involves like... sending out seeds to residents so they can grow fruits and vegetables on their tiny balconies. Oh, Because, yeah. you know, they're all, yeah. It's part of the country's okay. wider 30 by 30 initiative. That is to meet 30% of its nutritional needs by 2030. Oh. Um, as of March, the initiative sent down out nearly a half a million seeds packets. That's great. But what happens then? To make sure legions of new amateur gardeners aren't yeah, left here guessing. Go. Here we go. Singapore's National Parks Board has released instructional videos on how to sow and harvest the produce. Oh, that's right. I thought you were going to say they've got, like, um, harvest police that are going to come around, <laughs> kick your door in and go, where is it? No, those who sign up don't get to choose their seeds. Oh. But the plants were selected to reflect the ingredients in traditional Singaporean oh, dishes. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Good. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, so Growing uh, vegetables on windowsill or balconies can get cramped, and the space on the island is at a premium. Um, so they are going to double the number of community gardens. Nice. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Hey, talking about that, uh, the Great Pumpkin Carnival. <laughs> but it, it would be funny if you sit, if you like snuck in some gr- giant pumpkin seeds, and you got this little balcony of this huge pumpkin yeah, starts yeah. growing. Like even before you see a real pumpkin, it would be hanging down That's to right. the bl- two floors below. It would That's be right. hilarious. Uh, Talking about that sort of initiative, the Great Pumpkin Carnival, we're sponsored by Yates. Check out Yates if you want to grow anything. They've got some great products. They've got a – I have to mention this uh, in my email and stuff to our followers. But they've got an initiative happening from the middle of October. Any person in New Zealand can sign up. They will send you a packet. I think it's one or maybe a couple. I'm not sure. Some packets of seeds. You can then grow them at home. And then anything that you don't want to eat, they'd like you to donate to a food bank. That's pretty cool. So they, I don't know what they're dishing out, but um, they've definitely got enough for every single person in the country, apparently. And uh, that's coming up. So, yeah. Cool. Hey, um, speaking of change, uh, you hear the latest Greta Thun- Thunberg uh, uh, thing? No, not really. She, so, so she she spoke she a- at a conference. There's a uh, activist conference, young young climate change activist or something like that. Okay. Um, and she made a big speech, and yeah. um, she, she I heard a little bit of it, like you mm. know, on the news and what have you. Um, I, I like the one: the future is drowning in empty words of the politicians. Yeah, I, I think that's quite poetic. I quite like that. Um, but basically, she just said, all we've he- heard is. Um, I'll give you a quote. This is not about some expensive, politically correct dream of bunny hugging or build back better, blah, 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 green economy. Politicians are shamelessly congratulating themselves while emissions are still rising. And the headline was basically she just told, said all the politicians was going yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm just curious, what do you think of Greta Thunberg? Yeah, I was just thinking about that when you started the story. So I think she... I saw a headline where it had a go at Jacinda and I assume it's this and the headline was clickbait as -hmm. opposed to, you know, personally just going just after her. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's interesting. Like she got the world's attention originally. She made people think about things. She's doing all this stuff. I just don't know if she's just going to, I don't know. Like 
I suppose you need these people just to bring things to attention. Yeah, I, I, I would think of, I would tend to think of it as like a conscience for the world. Like, yeah, the, the yeah. That, that, but I think yeah, we need more of them all doing it at the same time, as opposed oh, to yeah. just this you can't, one. You can't expect just one person to do it because there's not going to be that much change. But it just makes me think because uh, at least one person I'll tell you who afterwards really hates her. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely hates I can her. Imagine. And I'm like, really? I mean, because she definitely has that. Asperger's. She's a polarizing. Yeah, she she has figure, Asperger's. All oh, right. Yeah, she oh, okay. she has. She that makes a bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. Then. She she and you can tell when when you know that and and you can tell that she's got that issue. Yeah. Um, which is what got her upset in the first place. It was oh, the Asperger's yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. focusing on the one issue. Yes. Until it was driving her insane. Yeah, yeah. Because they fo- yeah. yeah, that makes way more sense. But um, yeah, no, I I think oh, I'm good on her. Um, I'd like her to keep. Saying a lot of noise, making a lot of noise because we need we need it. Yeah. Um, did you hear? Civilization is now thirty years on. You mean the Sid, game? Yeah, Sid Meier's Civilization. He's I, been behind it the whole time, eh? Is well, he or not? I don't yeah, know. He, no, he he created some games before that, like in the late seventies, like yeah. late late seventies, seventy nine. Um, I think was either when he first got his computer or when he first started programming. Yeah, and then. Um, so he, he made a few computer games and the old Atari and bits and pieces, but Civilization was definitely his breakthrough game. Yeah. And he, the thing was, before that, there was a lot of um, – the culture was, you know, you don't, you don't put your name on the code. In yeah, fact, yeah. Atari be, wouldn't let their programmers be named. Oh, right. They wouldn't let them yeah, do no, it. They're just scummy and programmers. And so a couple of them um, – put Easter eggs inside, yeah, yeah. You, you find this special room and it says, this game was created by Albert Schwartz, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, whoever. Civilization was the first one that said, Sid Meier's Civilization. Yeah, yeah. And that was because he t- teamed up with a guy who was ex-Air Force guy, mm. uh, who was all about um, the sales. He, he was good on marketing and sales and stuff like that, nice. real business acumen. And he took photos of um, – Sid, uh, like magazine style, on on loads of money with these dollar, um, big gold dollar metal Civil, things yeah. hanging off the ceiling, like oh, right. surrounded by money, and it was the beginning of like cult personality stuff. Oh, and wow. then uh, Sid Meier's Civilization, um, but I think from Civilization two all the way to Civilization four five were other people. Oh, Still right. said Sid Meier's yeah, yeah, yeah. Civilization. Yeah, they programmed it, um, but they bought the brand or whatever. Ah. And then I think he did Civilization Six. I've got five, I think, on the computer. Yeah. Uh, were you any good at it? I'm terrible. I'm nah, so bad at I'm those pretty games. bad. I, like, to be honest, I think um, growing up, Command & Conqueror was my jam more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was bad at all of those. I did like um, Warcraft. The, the old Warcraft, which was the thing just before oh, Starcraft, basically. I remember. It was Orcs and, um, yeah. and, and Peons. I didn't have a computer growing up as a kid, but my mate at high school, he had, is it Diablo 2, I think he was playing yeah, yeah, all yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, that was just mind-blowing. I was like, oh, what are you doing? What's oh, this? Yeah, I must have been the most annoying person because I didn't have a computer. I'm just like, oh, what's that? Go there. Do that. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't have computers when I was young because – they weren't any, they weren't um, but, they, <laughs> but we had arcades. I we thought you were going to say you had an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, speaking of abacus, just before we go, yeah. I've um, been hammering the old cube again, and I can get it back down in under three minutes. Really? 
Ah, uh, well, oh, I've got it under awesome. three minutes once. Um, but, He's but, talking about the but, Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube, yeah. You're wondering. Um, but, but usually three minutes and 20 seconds is sort of Man, 340. I've done my game. I, I started learning it. I thought I'd do it at work. No, just... I will lend you this book. So this is a lesson for everybody. Mm. And I was, I was actually thinking about this today. So when I was young, like in the 80s, early 80s, yeah. Rubik's Cube was the thing. Everybody at yeah, school yeah, had a big. Rubik's Cube. And all my friends had books on how to do it. And I said to – I'm pretty sure it was Dad. I said, I want a book. I want a book on the Rubik's Cube. And he bought me this book. And I'll show you. It's over there. Okay. But it's like way, way thin. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like a – birthday card with a few pages in yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. and everybody else had these thick books and he goes here you go I got you a book and I went what am I supposed to do with that because I thought thick books good yeah, thin yeah, yeah, books yeah. bad no. in my brain dude that book is the bomb and I learned to do it and I at that time I did manage to do it under two minutes back oh, well. in the day when, you know, when I was yeah. a kid and stuff it is so good and then I bought I, I got this cube and I started trying to remember how to do it, yeah, but I was yeah, having yeah. trouble. And so I bought another book online on Amazon and I, was, and I could do it with that. But I didn't. And then when after I moved, I found the book. Oh, I right. found the original yeah, book. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap. And yeah, it is the bomb. I will lend it to you mm. um, because you'll you learn it. So, yeah, if you learn five or six uh, moves, you'll have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I've got a. I've, I know that there's a gist of it because you can uh, look up online. Have you seen the new connected cube? Have you seen the advertised? No. So it's a Rubik's Cube, but it's got sensors in it, so it knows where everything is at all time, and it connects to a mobile app, and you can battle against other people, and the app can teach you how to quickly do it and teach you all the different algorithms and stuff, all within the cube, because it knows where everything is. That's pretty cool. Um, I still want to – I still like my old old thing. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I haven't learned all the algorithms in the book – but you only need five or six to do it. Yes, if that's right. If you do right. more, you can be quicker. Yes, because, yes, yeah, yes yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. all sorts of crazy. Anyway, I'm carrying things on too long. No so. worries. Uh, make sure to check us out at christensandpodcast.com. We'll be back again next week for yes, your- Yes, it'll uh, be interesting pod- because I don't know when we're going to record it before I go down for my niece's wedding. When do you go? Uh, I will be driving down Friday afternoon. So no, that's yeah, right. We'll sort it out. No, I'm working morning, so we can do an afternoon, even if it's remote. Cool. Anyway, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.